0: As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus said that as it was in the days of Noah, in the end times, it was going to be the same. And so what we were doing, we are going back and looking at what it was like in the days of Noah, and then seeing what it's going to be like then, Jesus said, in the last days seems the obvious thing to do doesn't it? So let's turn our Bibles again to Genesis chapter 6 Genesis chapter 6 we should all be able to find Genesis (laughs) and God has been giving Noah instructions and we were saying how amazed Noah must have felt when God started telling him his plans Noah walked with God he he was a friend of God's and God spoke to him and revealed his plans to him and it must have been quite a surprise When God told Noah what was in his mind. And last week, or a a couple of weeks ago, we we saw that he told him to make an ark. And the size of the ark was enormous. And he told him how to, to, to make it and to put pitch on the inside of it and pitch on the outside of it. And we saw that the word for pitch that he pitched the inside with and on the outside, is the exact same word as is used everywhere else for atonement. So the word for pitch is the same word as atonement. And we saw that the ark was a type of the Lord Jesus, and when we are in the ark, when we are in Christ, we are saved from the storms that are going to come ...of judgment against this world. And we're saved because of the atonement. Because what Christ has done... ...for you and for me... ...when he died upon the cross of Calvary... ...and atonement is at one At-one. Atone is the same as at-one. And if we are at one with somebody... ...we are on good terms with those people. And if we are at one with God... ...therefore we are atoned. So, we go on with uh, chapter 6 and just read the last few verses of it. He was told to make the ark and how it was to have a window in it. And uh, this was actually an area that was going to bring light. And the same word for window that's used there is the same word as is used for noontide and day midday. So the light was to be there in the ark. And when we when we become Christians, when we ask Christ into our lives, the light of God comes into our lives and it shines he shines within us. Walk in the light, as he is in the light ye are the light of the world, I am the light of the world. It's all to do with light, When when our our souls are in darkness, when Jesus comes in, we have light. Picture of the window in the ark. And then he goes on to tell Noah why this is going to happen. You have to build this ark, and he says, Behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth, to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. This was dramatic news from Noah. Imagine God revealing this to him that everything in the earth was going to die. But with thee will I establish my covenant And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives, with thee. (coughs) And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. Notice that. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. This is one of the best verses in this chapter. And Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Isn't that great? God gave him these instructions, and to anybody, they must have been mind-blowing instructions. Living there in the middle of nowhere, and he had to start to build an ark, which was massive. We saw, I think it was, up until about 1930 or something, only 1% of any boats that were made uh, that had been manufactured were bigger than the ark. It, it was massive in even today's terms. But you look back on a few weeks ago you'll get the right figures but that was roughly it, it, it had not been exceeded in size for right up into the 19th century. So there we are. God told him to do start doing this and only workers he had presumably were his two his three sons I no, nobody else maybe helped them I don't know we're not told about that but it was a massive task he had to do and why why was this coming about It was because there was evil in the earth and God had looked down and he said, I've had enough, I'm going to destroy this generation. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and he said, I'm going to work with that man, I'm going to preserve him, I'm going to keep him from the evil that is coming. And you know... There were men, we saw a few weeks ago, if you look back a few chapters, there were men who would have been quite capable of doing maybe a better job on the ark. There were craftsmen, there were people efficient uh, in the arts, there were ranchers, there were various people, you see in chapter 4 or 5, that were capable. But God chose Noah, not because maybe he was a carpenter, not because he, but because he was faithful, because he was righteous. God will then, if he gives you a task to do, will give you the wherewithal to do it. The ability to do it. God won't give you a job and just leave you there uh, high and dry. But it was mainly because the people had gone their own way in the world. And evil had come into the world. And we, what do we say, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be, oh yes, things are evil now. There's violence in the earth. People are beginning to worship other gods. You know, an amazing bit of information came in uh, just during the week. There is this joining together of all the religions of the world. And we've seen it so much more in these last few days. Where where there are joint services worshipping false gods. And trying to make them into kind of Christian services. The, the, the new General Director of Scripture Union in the Republic of Ireland is a Roman Catholic. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it? Cannot believe it. That a man who is a practicing Roman Catholic has now become General Director of Scripture Union in the Irish Republic. It's, it's just something I, I, I can't get my mind around. It's, it's all this blurring of the edges of what we believe and what we expect of people in high places. If you go and read the articles of religion in the front of the Book of Common Prayer, you'll see what they think of the, 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 the Roman Catholic religion. Those are the, the principles which should be laid down by people. Principles which are in accord with the word of God. But you see, I remember years ago somebody saying to me, soon there will be a religion without a cross. There will be Christianity preached without a cross. And if you were listening to the Sunday program this morning, you will have heard that there were a lot of Christians meeting in Israel. And the Prime Minister gave them a great welcome and they are called Christian Zionists. They come under the heading of the Christian embassy in Jerusalem. And it sounds very good. A Christian embassy and they'll be there and they'll be preaching to the Jews. They won't. They have a policy that they will not preach Christ Jesus to the Jews. There are some services going to be in the town. There's a thing called Exopus. And there's going to be a, a, a service in the town. Exhibus do not preach Jesus Christ to the Jews. I, I, I queried it with them. I couldn't, uh, I thought i just check was I right. And here's what the chap says. We are very evangelical in promoting a biblical gospel. As in Isaiah 52.7. And in the use of Old Testament prophets. We seek to be like the good Samaritan. We express love to the physical brothers and sisters of Jesus. It is not our policy to convert Jews to Christianity. What did Paul say? The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation to the Jews first and also to the Greeks. What did they do? Paul went out and he went into the temple when he was arrested the final time. He was arrested in the temple, preaching to the Jews. But these people say, no, we, we, we don't preach to the Jews. And they're bringing Jews back to Israel from Russia and places. They're preaching a gospel without a cross. It's become a social gospel. They're bringing those Jews from Russia and elsewhere, putting them back in Palestine. And there, there's going to be terrible trouble in Palestine. They're leaving them there without Christ, without hope in the world and can't understand. But that's what's happening. There's a blurring of the edges of what we believe and what we're supposed to teach people. And this guy, this uh, fellow who's been appointed the, 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 the president of Scripture Union there was an article written in the Ulster Tatler which is a a social magazine not a socialist magazine a social magazine uh, and it said the article went on to say Jim is a full time director of scripture union in the Republic of Ireland and chairman of of the Evangelical Catholic Initiative he has been involved in leading alpha bible study courses in his local catholic parish you see they don't see anything wrong with alpha and uh, well there we are if the Roman Catholic Church can't see anything wrong with Alpha there must be something wrong with it that's all I say but that's that's the way things are and that's the way it was in Noah's day things were all they were worshipping any God they were worshipping anybody they liked they had forsaken it says the ways of God they had corrupted God's way and things were going from bad to worse and what God was saying to Noah was judgment is coming judgment is coming let's move on we're going to be too long and God continues to tell Noah his plans and to give him instructions and in verse 17 he affirms and emphasizes that he is the one who is going to do this he is the one who will bring this judgment and the judgment which is coming on this world eventually will be God's wrath God's judgment is coming on this world and we have to flee from the wrath to come God declares the judgment, a judgment of death. He says, Every, everything shall die. If you look at verse 17, it says, everything that is in the earth shall die. And what does Romans say? Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men that all have sinned. We are under the judgment of death. There's a judgment coming. And it's death. The Father judges no man. But committeth all judgment unto the Son. Jesus Christ is going to judge us. Those who have uh, accepted Christ as our Savior. We will be taken up and go to heaven. And there in heaven we will go before the judgment seat of Christ. And Christians will be judged for what they did during their life. Their souls will be saved. But their works will be judged. It says in in 1st in Corinthians that if you produce gold and silver and precious stones things that last in your life they will last because everything in your life will be tested like as if it was by fire and when you put gold into the fire it, it purifies it but he says don't waste your time on wood, hay and stubble because that will all be burnt up you see John the Baptist, when he was preaching, he warned the people that judgment was coming. He said, imagine going up into a, a, a pulpit and telling, calling people a pack of snakes in the grass. You know, There was a preacher in Ireland, a man called W.P. Nicholson, and he was outspoken like that. But he was a certain type of man. He worked amongst the, 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 mostly amongst the shipyard workers in Belfast and he said some terrible things to people you know I remember I remember hearing him one time when I was a youngster and uh, he closed the there was a, he went into this big hall to preach and there was a choir behind them. and he said I'm not going to and he got up behind the choir he said I don't like people behind me when I'm speaking <laughs> you know? and, and he said to the church keep that door closed and don't let anybody out while I'm speaking he says you know but he was very outspoken not everybody could do it But John the Baptist did it. He says, generation of vipers, a lot of snakes coming out here. Who's warned you to come out? But he was warning them that there was judgment coming. And God was here warning Noah that judgment was coming. And he said to Noah, but he says, there's judgment coming. But with you, I will establish my covenant. If you look at verse 18 it says But with you will I establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Those who would be saved were of the household of Noah. Notice that. Those who were going to be saved were of the household of Noah. And that's interesting. And we said that Noah was a, and the ark was a type of Christ. And uh, the, the ark was a, a type of the Lord Jesus. And what he does for us. And you see those who will be saved eventually from the wrath of God. Which is coming on this world. Will be those who are of the household of God. There's a verse in Ephesians. It's Paul writing to the Ephesians. And he says you're no longer uh, in the world he says, you're no strangers and foreigners these were, these were Ephesians and you see the, originally the Jewish people thought they were the the, 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 re, the only ones who should be saved but God uh, uh, Paul had gone out and preached to the Ephesians and he says you're no longer strangers and foreigners that's what the Jews had thought of them as but he says you're fellow citizens now with the saints you're in the household of God You're you're, you're part of the household of God. And those who were saved in Noah's day were part of his household. And those of us, those who are going to be saved in the future are those who are of the household of God. Do you understand it? When we become Christians, we become fellow citizens with the saints. And he says, With thee I will establish my covenant. Those who would be saved were, were in a covenant relationship with God. Noah, I'm going to make a covenant with you. If you come into the ark, you're going to be saved. And we saw that the pitch was a picture of the atonement. He says, when you come into the ark, you're going to be saved. That's the covenant I have with you. What does it say? we who are born again are in a covenant relationship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we become Christians, we come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he said, likewise also, it says, likewise also the cup after supper saying, this is the New Testament In my blood which is shed for you. Paul says. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped saying. This cup is the new testament. The new covenant. Same word. In my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus said when we become Christians. We have a new covenant. A new agreement with him. And the new agreement is sealed in his blood now we've mentioned it before but just let's mention it again in the old testament when anybody made an agreement with God what they did was strange thing, they got an animal and they cut it in two and if one wanted to make, if I wanted to make an agreement with Ron and seal it this is the way I did it and the, the two walked between the two pieces of the animal and that was a sign that if we broke our covenant we were as it were guilty of death and we read that Abraham had this agreement with God in Genesis 15 and God walked between the pieces and there's a verse in Jeremiah complaining that the people had broken their covenant with God A covenant had to be sealed in the Old Testament between people and between God and man by a sacrifice. And so, when Jesus instituted the new covenant between man and God, it was in his blood. He died. That was the sacrifice. That was the sign that we had a new agreement, a new covenant. And God said to Noah, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And Jesus says, I am going to establish my covenant. Those who are of my household are under a new covenant, a covenant sealed in my blood. You know, there's a lot about covenants in the Bible. In the first, chapter, the first few chapters of Deuteronomy, are all about remembering to keep God's rules and to keep God's laws. Our Lord wants us to remember His covenant. Constantly, we look at those first few chapters, it says, when you go into the land, make sure you keep my covenant. You're going to get wealthy, you're going to forget about me, but don't remember to keep my covenant. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ reminded us and wants us to remember him in communion. To remember his covenant with us as a constant reminder that we have a relationship with him. The new covenant. In Psalm 103, you, 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 you must know the, the psalm so well. <clears throat> Let's look at it. <clears throat> He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passeth over it and it is gone and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. It's a lovely psalm but here's the verse to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruler. To such as keep his covenant. God was constantly reminding the children of Israel and Jesus wants to constantly remind us that we have a covenant with him. Remember me in the breaking of bread and the drinking of the wine. What words of encouragement it must have been to Noah. God had told Noah that there was disaster coming that he was going to destroy the world that he was going to kill everything in it and here God he was told was going to make a covenant with him isn't that wonderful everything else was going to be destroyed but Noah don't you worry I'm going to make a covenant with you you're going to be special I'm going to make a covenant with you and your family When It says it here in verse 18. Get back to Genesis. But with thee will I establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark. Those who were in the household of Noah, God was going to give them a covenant. Those who are in the household of faith, those who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, We have a covenant with God. And God never breaks his covenant. What news for sinful man? The holy God. This is wonderful news for people out in the world. The holy God wants to make a covenant with man. Through the death of his beloved son. If man doesn't. Then there is the wrath of God still on man. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son, Jesus said, hath not life. And the wrath of God abideth on him. You see, we hear so much, and it's true, about the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But until we accept that sacrifice as for our own selves personally, The Bible says the wrath of God still is there. Resting on us. You see when Jesus died on the cross. He bore the wrath of God. God poured out his wrath on his beloved son. When he was on the cross. And Jesus cried out. My God. My God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Why? Because he was bearing the sin of the world. He was bearing the wrath of God. Therefore. If we come to him in repentance and faith and ask him to be our saviour and Lord. We don't have the wrath of God on us. But if we don't come and ask him to be our saviour and our redeemer. The wrath of God is still upon us. And you know there are dozens of verses in the Bible in the New Testament that tells us that the wrath of God is going someday to come on this world during the great tribulation look at some of these we, we just look at the ones uh, Romans 1.18 let's look at a few of them quick, very quickly we looked at that one in John that's the wrath of God abided upon him Romans one. In, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness the wrath of God God is love but there's God said I'm a jealous God God is a God of justice Ephesians 5, 6 For we know that no harmonger or unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God let no man deceive you with vain words For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of men. The wrath of God is coming. Colossians 3 and verse 6 For which things sake go back mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth fornication, uncleanness inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness which is idolatry for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of men God is going to pour out his wrath go on to Revelation and Revelation gives us a very vivid picture of what is going to happen in the future Revelation 14 and verse 10 these are very solemn words. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without measure into the cup of His indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. Fourteen nineteen, and the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the midst of the winepress of the wrath of God. Revelation 15.1 these are talking about the seven plagues and I saw another sign in heaven great and marvelous seven angels having the seven last plagues for in them is filled up the wrath of God Revel- uh, Revelation sixteen one, and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God we should warn people that the wrath of God is coming on this earth. Noah had to do that. Poor old Noah, there he was, in the middle of this flat area, presumably. He must have had a fairly flat area to build this boat. And people coming and asking him, what are you doing? God's judgment is coming. God's judgment. that God is going to send the flood. Oh, for goodness sake, catch yourself on. You know, he's hammering away and building the boat. 120 years what a preaching they said he preached righteousness the wrath of God will be revealed as it was in the days of Noah we need to tell people the wrath of God is coming on this earth and all these signs that we have been seeing over the weeks about compromising Christian things all leading to the Antichrist coming the one world religion there will be a one world religion and it's coming it's coming people don't believe anymore that the only way to Jesus Christ is through the Lord, only way to, to salvation is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. They see good in other religions. The Bible says that the the other religions are evil. The gods of the nations are demons, it says. But no, we say that there's some good in these religions and we should pick out the good bits, we should all get together with the good bits and no the Bible says you know what the Bible Joshua was told he says don't even mention the names of these other gods That's what, that was the standard God said don't even mention their names but no we see some good in them and we must point out the good things and all get together with a false unity I could go on. There's uh, things to read out of this book, but we haven't time. Sorry. But that's the same picture. Noah was told there was judgment coming, and Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. So let's take Jesus' words as being true. Now, this is just an interesting thought. When I was a young fellow, and I suppose, Lots of kids think the same way. How did Noah get all the animals? How did he go? Did he have parties going out, grabbing a couple of hens and shoving them in a bag and, and keeping them there and then getting them into the ark? No, look at what it says in verse 20. Get all these animals, it says, two of every sort shall come unto thee. So come. God in some miraculous way ordained that these animals started arriving. He didn't have to send out search parties for a couple of elephants and two giraffes and things. They came to him. I never realized that until recently. It says, they shall come unto thee. You know, isn't that, easy? Isn't that interesting? they shall come on, They shall come unto you you're not going to have to go out and get another couple of badgers you know and, and these were just the initial instructions these were just the initial instructions that God was giving Noah but he said just as a matter of interest they shall come unto thee because well, I'm sure that would have been a bit much for poor old Noah he received his instructions and this is, we'll finally close with this Thus did Noah. He got all his instructions. And he must have when God stopped speaking, he must have been his mind must have been blown. Gosh, how am I going to do this? Get this ark built. Get all these animals. Imagine telling people. Imagine you being Noah. And people were the same in those days as they are now. But imagine him building this ark, and then what are you going to do? Well I'm going to get all these animals. And I'm going to bring them all. I'm going to get two, two of every animal. I'm going to put them in this ark. And then I'm going to have to get food. And I've, that field down there, I've that all planted out in barley this year. And I'm going to get that and store it up. I'm going to get it into the ark. And then all the other animals, a couple of elephants and a couple of this. And then some of the animals I'm going to have to get more of. Because there are clean animals unclean animals. It must have been, they must have thought he was, he was off his rocker. Him working away in this boat. You know, when we used to live in Northern Ireland, there was a fella who built a house, and he built it, and he'd been building it for about thirty or forty years, and people used to go and look at this place. You know, it was the weirdest thing, but they thought he was had a bit of a screw loose. This guy, he had a he had a phobia about little castellations. he He's them everywhere, and it was the weirdest house, and that's the way people imagined him he, this guy's off his rocker and they must have had the same idea about Noah nearly if, they, if, you, if you were if, if, you know that he was going to get all these animals into this ark and then it was going to God was going to send the flood and they were going to be the ones that were going to be saved and unless you are in the ark with me you're going to be lost and you know people when we tell them that God is going to judge this earth and that there is going to be a great tribulation. That there is going to be an antichrist. And that there is going to be persecution and death. People ignore you. He received his instructions. And then it says, Thus did Noah according to all that the Lord commanded. What a wonderful testimony that is to Noah. That man did everything that God told him to do isn't that wonderful could that be said of you and me and so the work began 120 years of hard work and preaching righteousness telling people to get right with God that was his, that was his only message get right with God because if you don't get right with God judgement is coming And you know, the other sad thing, no converts, except his own family. The only people that believed him were his own family, but you know, that was success. Because sometimes your own family are the most difficult people. They must have been convicted by this godly father and husband, Mrs. Noah must have been convinced that her husband was walking close to God and she says I'm in this with you Two sons, three sons must have said yes father I can see that you're walking close to God we're in this with you and the wives were the same don't hear anything about the wives mothers or fathers they were left outside but they joined Noah's family And that was success, because one's family is quite often the most difficult mission field. And we know that, don't we? And so Noah did all that was according to what God had told him. And talking about one's family being the most difficult mission field, there's an interesting verse in John John chapter 7 and verse 5 Jesus had been working and walking openly but it says after these things the things that are recorded in the previous chapters he walked No more openly in Jewry. Because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore uh, said unto him. Depart hence and go up to Judea. And take thy disciples also. That thy disciples may see the works that thou doest. (coughs) For there is no man that doeth anything in secret. And he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. These were his brothers talking to him. If you want to do these things, go way up to Judea. Show your friends up there. For neither neither did his brethren believe in him. That must have been very hard and painful for the Lord Jesus. His own brothers didn't believe in him. At that stage, they did eventually. So take comfort in that. When we're working with our own families, it's not always easy. Even it says here the brothers of Jesus did not believe in him. Isn't that amazing? He was living amongst them, he was sinless. He was living a life of sinless perfection. And yet, his own brothers didn't believe in him. not incredible? But Noah had success with his family. But the secret was that he did everything God told him to do. Judgment is coming on this world. There will be a great tribulation there will be problems there will be terrible difficulties and it is our duty to do everything that God tells us to do go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and to every nation and to do everything God to go where he wants me to go to do what he wants me to do and to be where he wants me to be